0: Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the page-a-day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 197. Once I move my bookmark out of the way. It was the 23rd of December, and Jacqueline Ibis' played host to Awake for Lila Goodchild. Bustling women filled the kitchen with tubs and with saucepans and with skillets and with Tupperware, and the deceased was laid out in her casket in the funeral home's front room with hothouse flowers around her. There was a table on the other side of the room, laden high with coleslaw and beans, and cornmeal puppies, and chicken and ribs and black-eyed peas, and by mid-afternoon, the house was filled with people weeping and laughing and shaking hands with the minister, everything being quietly organized and overseen by the sober-suited Messrs. Jackal and Ibis. The burial would be on the following morning. When the telephone in the hall rang, it was bakelite and black and had an honest-to-goodness rotary dial on the front. Mr. Ibis answered. Then he took Shadow aside. That was the police, he said. Can you make a pickup? Sure. Be discreet. Here. He wrote down an address on a slip of paper, then passed it to Shadow, who read the address, written in perfect copperplate handwriting, and then folded it up and put it in his pocket. There'll be a police car, Ibis added. Shadow went out back and got the hearse. Mr. Jackal and Mr. Ibis had each made a point individually of explaining that really the hearse should only be used for funerals, and they had a van that they had used to collect bodies, but the van was being repaired, had been for three weeks now, and could he be very careful with the hearse? Shadow drove carefully down the street. The snow plows had cleaned the roads by now, but he was comfortable driving slowly. It seemed right to go slow in a hearse, although he could barely remember the last time he had seen a hearse on the streets. Death had vanished from the streets of America, thought Shadow. Now it happened in hospital rooms and in ambulances. We must not startle the living, thought Shadow. Mr. Ibis had told him that they moved the dead about in some hospitals on the lower level of apparently empty covered gurneys, the deceased traveling their own paths in their own covered ways. A dark blue police cruiser was parked on a side street and Shadow pulled up the hearse behind it. There were two cops inside the cruiser. And that's our page. The last page leads into this one by giving us a small jump forward in time. Up to this point, Shadow's story has mostly been told out a day at a time. Now it's December 23rd. And Laura's phone call to Shadow, or was it Shadow's phone call to Laura in the first chapter? She said that the last leaves hadn't quite fallen, so my guess would be early to maybe mid-November. Then Shadow was in prison for another couple of days before being released early. The near week he spent getting to Cairo... Uh, I don't know why I have to speculate about the timeline of the book so much. It's just interesting to me because I never really noticed that it takes place over a very brief period of time. There are a few more time jumps forward in the next section of the book, but I don't think... I think it's late March when the novel ends, so it's really just a season and a half of time. Also, you'd think I'd have a better grasp of when leaves fall off trees since I was living in fall foliage country for 22 years, but... It just kind of became part of the background, and I never really paid that much attention until I had to rake them. I also kind of wonder how many days it's actually been, since they're leaving Lila Goodchild's wake. I'm not completely certain how long a normal period is between death and the wake and funeral. Usually it's just a few days, though, I think. Probably depends on the method of death and all that, too. Hmm. Anyhow, Ibis answers a phone that's described as Bakelite, and my initial assumption was that it was a brand name, but it's actually a specific type of plastic formed partially with formaldehyde, so that's appropriate for a funeral home. It was developed in 1907 and patented in 1909 and was the first plastic made from synthetic components. I can think of a few items, though, that must have been Bakelite plastic when I was growing up. A rotary phone such as this one for sure, Rotary dial phone was patented first in 1892, and that style of phone was in vogue until the 1980s, when it was more and more often replaced with push-button phones. Of course, now everything's got a touchscreen. Damn millennials, etc. Ibris's handwriting is described as copperplate, and it is a typeface you'll probably find on most word processing programs. It's a style of calligraphy, kind of a script that's been used for at least 400 years in England. It's a bit old-fashioned, much like the Bakelite phone in the Kelvinator fridge, and Just about everything else in the funeral home, I suppose. Shadow goes to pick up a body using the hearse because the van they typically use is in the shop. And Shadow gets a bit poetic in his thoughts while driving over there. And Shadow's right. Outside of the rare funeral procession, very rare, I don't know the last time I saw a hearse just out and about in the world either. This passage is also, I think, a bit more foreshadowing about the end of the novel. Death doesn't happen in plain sight exactly, but it happens in the novel when one is not looking. The lower level of a gurney that is empty up top is definitely hinting about where all the missing kids are going. Remember Sam talking about her nephew going missing when we were talking to her? We'll delve more into that in the next, maybe the next chapter, maybe the next two chapters. Not too far off, anyway. I won't delve into the spoilers, though, because I do have non-reader listeners. You're mad, the lot of you, but... it's also, it's it's just important to remember that this is another one of those kind of deceptive things. While you're looking at the hand that you think holds the coin, it's really empty, and vice versa. It's really obvious, though, as as the novel goes on, if you've read the book before, what's happening. But I don't know that even the first time I reread the book, I think I'd kind of forgotten about that whole plot point. The deceased traveling their own paths in their own covered ways, that's a sarcophagus in Egypt, and it's more than that as well but I guess I'll talk about that more as it comes up. Just remember, secret death and hidden death on the streets of America. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.